burnout and anxiety, as much as we love to vilify them, are actually in my corner because they remind me that when they start knocking at the door, it's actually time for me to take a step back and be like, okay, what's going on here? Have I taken on too much? Am I actually taking care of myself? What can I do to recognize these signals, honor them, and then be able to move past them without getting to the point where I am a shell of a human being again? Hi guys, we're your hosts Jillian and Kaylin, and this is Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up, like how to buy a home, manage stress, crush your love life, land your dream job, and how to love yourself more, because we could all be a little kinder to ourselves. We're still figuring out how to get our shit together, so we're calling in the experts and the hustlers for some real talk and legit tips on how to live your best life. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi friends, we are so excited for today's episode because we got to cover something that Kaylin and I have been going through for a while and that is kind of overcoming this whole idea of hustle culture that's been ingrained in us our whole lives and beating burnout and just prioritizing ourselves, finding balance, all of the things that are very hard to do if you're like an extremely ambitious, motivated hustle culture girly. Yeah, and I feel like we both go through waves of where we're like crushing it. We've got the balance down and we're not going to burn ourselves out. But then all of a sudden we forget. Like last week, I was totally burnt out and didn't even realize. I was burnt out when we were recording the episode. So this is going to serve as a nice, beautiful reminder for everybody out there to just take a beat and slow down. And that doesn't mean you need to stop being ambitious and stop going after all the things you want to do. But it just means that you can do it with a little bit more love for yourself. Oh, 100%. And we are so excited. We got to chat with Chloe Wilde. She has done so many cool things. And amidst being this like huge TV host and like having such a cool job, she has pursued her passion of health and balance yeah. and packaged up everything she learned about burnout and about not prioritizing her health to kind of share her story and her experiences. Chloe has such an accessible, realistic view of like health and balance, which I think... Yeah really resonated with us because I have found in the past a barrier for me in believing that we could have balance and be healthy and do all of the career moves that we want to you know achieve it was that it just seemed like all or nothing it just seemed like the balanced yoga granola folk were just doing that and then like the CEO corporate climbing side hustling people were like unhealthy and just working their asses off yeah had no time for anyone or themselves there weren't many models of bridging those two worlds before Mm -hmm. and just really seeing that people can pursue their careers and be really ambitious but also take care of themselves and show up properly for themselves and for everyone around them because burnout does not bring out the best in you so no you you really do need to do both to be at your best yeah and I think a key thing that she shares in this episode are like finding little micro moments where you can incorporate those moments of prioritization into your day because to your point it doesn't have to be all or nothing I was reading something that Andrew Huberman put out about how just sitting down and like taking a minute to yourself can be just as energizing as like a quick 20 minute power nap like taking five minutes to just like take a beat and breathe that's so true I did a breathwork session with Ali Michelle who is an amazing breathwork practitioner and she was saying that like 15 minutes of this intense breath work is the equivalent in terms of your like mental and physical restoration as an entire night's sleep that is insane I think that's what you need to do Kaylin based on how bad of a sleep you had last night I know like a 15 minute (laughs) breathwork sesh an entire night we can fix 
Oh, I love so that. So cool. But we are not the experts, clearly. clearly. <laughs> we are <we're> covering <laughs> hustle, culture, burnout, queens. So we called in Chloe Wilde. Chloe is a reporter and TV host on Canada's number one entertainment show, eTalk. And she has, throughout her career, interviewed some of the biggest names in entertainment from Meryl Streep and Robert Downey Jr. to Kate Winslet and Zac Efron. She, I'm sure you've seen her on TV doing her thing. She's epic. And she's also an advocate for health and wellness. So Chloe launched her own online community, Healthy is Hot, for open conversations on difficult health-related topics and coaching tips for living your best life. And over the last few years, the Healthy is Hot brand has expanded into a podcast, a Crave original series, and an app where Chloe offers her education and training as a health and life coach in a self-guided app to support busy women as they learn to prioritize themselves. We also just want to be best friends with Chloe, and so we're gunning for that. And after her baby is born, you will catch us at a rave in Toronto. Yes. Having the time of our <laughs> lives. So <laughs> more to come. Watch the More space. to come. More to come. Teach us how to beat burnout and hustle culture and find balance, Chloe. Chloe, we are so excited to talk to you. We've been following you for so long. You do so many things. I actually don't know how you do all of the things that you do, but we're going to find out today. (laughs) And we would love for you to tell us about your own experience dealing with burnout and what drove you to embark on your wellness journey amidst all of the things that you do. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me. I've been so excited to hop on this podcast. I think what you guys are doing is so amazing, just holding space for these types of chats. So I am tipping my invisible hat to both of you and saying a big hello to your (laughs) wonderful, wonderful community. I mean, listen, my experience with burnout goes back such a long time now, but it was such a pivotal part of my life that I love talking about it because I learned so much about it. But it was really the catalyst to me looking at health and wellness in such a different way. So previous to my burnout, I was at McGill University. I was studying my second degree. My first one was in neuroscience and psychology. I wrote my MCAS thought I was going to go to med school, change gears and decided wow. I'm going to be a nurse of the year and become a nurse practitioner and open my own like clinic and, and help people and save people. And I was partying. I was working multiple jobs to kind of pay my way through school. And from the outside looking in, I was thriving, straight A's, awesome social group, volunteering. It looked like I had it all together, but really internally, I was struggling so hard with things that I didn't know how to verbalize at the time. I was really struggling with fatigue. I was struggling with disordered eating. I was struggling with anxiety, self-worth, so many things that unfortunately a ton of people struggle with. And the conversation around mental health was just such a different landscape. 10 plus years ago. And unfortunately, I ignored all of the signals that were basically saying like, hey, girl, maybe you got to slow down. Something's not really working out. And instead, I just pushed through because that's what I'd been doing my whole entire life. I'm an overachiever. I like to be busy. I like to be productive. I like to be self-sufficient. But at a certain point, we are only human and something's got to give. I had the worst burnout of my life and I was a shell of a human being. I couldn't function. I really was not myself to the point where people got involved and the team at McGill was super supportive and they suggested that I take a one-year sabbatical to focus on my well-being. There I am. I've been given the space and the time to learn how to take better care of myself. 
except I realized I had no idea what that looked like. Like I thought I was a healthy person. I was on a cycling team. I was a runner. I thought I was eating healthy. And I realized how inept I was and that the tools I thought were tools in my toolbox were clearly not working. And I just felt absolutely paralyzed by uncertainty. And so my life kind of went on this wild roller coaster of joining the world of much music, which is iconic if you're Canadian, and throwing myself into a brand new space as this person that nobody knew. And I felt very much like a fish out of water. And um, and while I was going through that journey and I was going further and further into the show until I finally won the show, that's really when my health, which I thought had already hit a rock bottom, hit like the ultimate rock bottom. And that was the first time I went to the gym and posted a random hashtag, which just popped into my brain. And that was healthy as hot. And like from that day on, at the mm-hmm. tail end of the BJ search in 2013, I realized that I am hurting no one but myself in this situation. And if I'm going to say yes to life, like I was in the middle of doing, I needed to at least have the energy to show up and like give it my best shot. I don't like to disappoint people. I don't like to show up half-assed anything. And that's what I was doing because I was really, really, really struggling. And that moment really in time was how I started to really take care of myself. And it took many, many years before I was able to befriend my friend, the burnout, who, you know, is forever a part of my life and to also befriend anxiety. And she will also always be a part Mm -hmm. of my life. And to really look at those people in my corner, like burnout and anxiety, as much as we love to vilify them are actually in my corner because they remind me that when they start knocking at the door, it's actually time for me to take a step back and be like, okay, what's going on here? Have I taken on too much? Am I actually taking care of myself? Like, what can I do to recognize these signals, honor them, and then be able to move past them without getting to the point where I am a shell of a human being again? Mm, Yeah, they're like your safeguards. That's a good point. They're just indicators of something rather than something that we should villainize. I relate to so much of what you just said and Kaylin and I have talked about this a lot, but it's so funny how in our 20s, and I also think maybe even just like the culture 10 years ago was to celebrate being burnt out and to be like, oh my God, yeah, how late did you work last night? I worked till the lights were turned out in the office. And I I would literally like show up to work and be like, I haven't eaten a vegetable in weeks. And like, I sleep four hours a night. And it was almost this like funny badge of honor we all wore that we are just basically like killing ourselves in pursuit of what looks like an accomplished life or whatever it is that we thought we should be doing and it's it's not a good look it's not serving anyone and it's taken years for us to kind of unlearn that and that sounds like it's been your journey too while still wanting to be ambitious and do all of the things so heavily relate and really glad that you're kind of on the other side of that listen, you can hustle. Like I never want to take away from someone's ambition and drive and grit to show up every single day. But like, if you are showing up and you are running on empty, you better take a hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, like, why am I showing up if I'm showing up like this? Like people are going to have meetings with you or like show up to your events or whatever it is that you're involved in. If you're not showing up fully, like you're actually doing a disservice to yourself and everyone in your life. Yeah. And usually something's going to give like, it's usually your health first and then it might be your spouse because sometimes I know I'm guilty of this. I'm like, he's not going anywhere, hopefully. So like, I know he's going to be here if I like can't be, you know, as present as I normally am, but you're right. Like something will give and you're not going to show up as your best self. I think it's hard though, because 
as we all are clearly overachievers that like to do everything well and right, it can be hard to pull back mm. <laughs> guilty without feeling like you're either letting yourself down because you can't do it or you're letting other people down. Jill and I have both experienced burnout from jobs, from overcommitting yeah. ourselves. But what do you think is the root cause for so many of us with burnout? Like what causes it and how can we actively prevent it now that you've sort of- Childhood trauma? Is childhood trauma one of the options? Oh yeah. <laughs> Put that on the, I mean, that's it the is. problem. That's the ding, ding, problem ding, to ding, everything ding. in our lives. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I honestly, like I can only speak on behalf of my own experience and you guys can chime in with yours, but I have this like incessant need to be self-sufficient. Like I want to be like, I have an incredible partner. We're about to have a baby together. Like he's my best friend. I don't need to have this desire to be a, such an independent person and never need to rely on anyone. But given the way I grew up, you know, watching my mom who was a single mom hustle so hard, do her darndest to make sure we had everything and we still struggled. I, I learned from a young age that I was like, you can't rely on anyone in this life. Like sometimes you just have yourself. And I learned that probably to, you know, a, a more intense degree than is probably recommended because now at 34, I yeah. still have this like deep need to be completely self-sufficient. And for me, financial stability is a huge pillar in that. And so I feel the need to say mm -hmm. yes to everything because part of me is so afraid that tomorrow it might all go away, which is completely irrational. Like we have all worked so hard to be where we're at. Even if one of the things fell through, something else would come up or we would create another opportunity. But I think there's like a, a part of me that just feels the need to protect myself and being busy and being productive and moving forward and taking steps towards my goals is a way to calm the worry and the concern and the anxiety that lives inside me that, you know, mm -hmm. one day I'm yeah. going to live in lack of, and I have so much incredible abundance around me. And that's something I've had to work, you know, with my therapist a lot is it's okay that I have this like ooh, ickiness inside me that I'm always worried I'm going to run out of X, Y, and Z, social engagement, creative fulfillment, financial stability, you name it. But to also be able to take a step back and be like, no, I'm actually doing okay. Like to express gratitude for my hard work, for where I'm at, and that it's okay to still want to move forward, but it's also okay to be like content with what you have. And so I think for me, that's where uh, the root of my burnout comes from. But I don't know for you guys, like where you think your mm -hmm. own personal roots come from. I think scarcity mindset is at the root of so much for so many people and we all have our own version and you, you touched on that, whether it's um, like financial concerns, like I worked in media for years and was laid off over and over again from like dream jobs. So even when I was working in a corporate capacity, the I have to prove that I am like the hardest worker and indisposable and like the scarcity of even a secure job. And then now I'm completely freelance contract worker, kind of going the entrepreneurial path. I totally relate to what you said. Like, I feel like I can never say no to something, even if it's not a great fit, because what if there's not another? What if I lose a connection? What if I lose something else? And Everyone has their own version of it. It can be connections, friendships, love. But when we can kind of reconcile wanting more, but also being happy with what we're having in the now, I think that's really, really powerful. And it sounds like that was part of your journey. And I'm trying to work on that myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Lifelong journey over here. I was, I'm, sometimes I chat with my mom. She's like, she's like, close. She's like, when are you just going to be happy? Like, when is it going to be enough? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, Ma. I don't know. I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on it. <laughs> I know. Something that Jill and I have started to realize, and we actually spoke about this last week on the podcast, is like 
you can have your seasons. So you're about to enter your motherhood season, which I mean, I don't know what your experience is going to be like, but for me, that meant saying no to a lot more things, which was so hard for me because I was very much like you. I said yes to everything, every social engagement, every work opportunity. But then you have this child that enters your life that needs your attention. It changes everything. And all of a sudden, I went through sort of like a burnout slash identity crisis Mm -hmm. of like, okay, if I no longer can climb the corporate ladder like I wanted to, do all these things socially who am I? What do I do? How do I spend my time? Like, who is this new Kaylin, the mom? So I've, what's helped me get through that is like, this is just my season now, Mm. but my hustle corporate girly season is probably just around the corner once Mia is a little older, doesn't need mommy so much. And I have accepted that. And now I feel really good, you know, being present in the moment and wearing my full on mom suit and just rocking that role that I'm in right now. Listen, Mia's got a fierce mom. Like you are incredible. Thank the mom you. suit looks awesome on you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've even from the outside seen your, Kaylin, your health journey totally change in prioritizing yourself. Like Kaylin and I worked together at multiple big media companies in Canada for years and like we were not treating ourselves well. We were not taking care of ourselves and we've oh my God. made the shift yeah. and I've really seen you make that commitment to yourself and it's amazing. But our health can often take the backseat more often than not because – even though it affects everyone around us, unbeknownst to us, it can feel like it's only for us sometimes. So we're like, oh, I'll, I'll put myself later and I'll put everyone else first. And we're juggling big jobs, side hustles, stress, like family, kids, and all of those things that are pretty universal. So what is your advice for taking care of your health when slowing down and doing less doesn't feel like an option? Well, first and foremost, I call bullshit. Um, because there is always the (laughs) opportunity to show up. We have to look at health and we have to look at the things that fill our cups as non-negotiables, like annoying things like taxes that we show up and we do every single year or going to the dentist or whatever it is that you have to do dinner with your in-laws. Like you name, you pick your poison, the thing that you, you really don't enjoy doing, but yet you do it because you know, it's an important part of your life. We really have to shift our mindset and look at taking care of ourselves like one of those non-negotiables. And I think when you do have a very full plate, it's incredibly easy to put yourself on the back burner, especially if you are a Mm -hmm. kind, caring, compassionate person who wants to make everyone around them feel good and loved and cared for and attended to. And there's so many incredible people out there that fit that category. Women, especially, I feel like want to give so much to people around them that often they get put on the back burner. But I promise you, like if you take a little bit of that time and of that energy and of that effort and you feed it back into yourself, you're going to be able to do everything so much more and you will benefit wholeheartedly. But I also appreciate that sometimes it does feel like you don't have a second to yourself. I'm witnessing it now with my friends who are also having kids. But I think sometimes it doesn't have to be you know, the traditional one hour workout. Like you need to look at your schedule, Mm -hmm, look at what you can actually take on. Is it a walk around the block? Is it taking the stairs instead of the elevator? Is it doing something at home on your own yoga mat? Is it an awesome conversation with a friend? Taking a walking meeting. Yeah. Take a walking meeting, like look at your life and figure out where you can hack your habits and just decide to do something a little bit for yourself. And it doesn't have to be big. I think that's the thing with health and wellness sometimes is it's 
like this all or nothing mindset. Like I'm going to go to the gym five times yeah. a week or I'm not going to go for five months. Or if I don't meditate yeah. every day, then like, what is the point? And unfortunately, like mm-hmm. no one can do anything all the time. Like sometimes things get messy. Sometimes your period arrives and your hormones are out of whack. Sometimes someone at work pisses you off yes. and you're like, screw eating healthy tonight. I need a pizza and you should go and eat that pizza. But I really, really think that taking care of ourselves has to be something we view as a non-negotiable. And also like looking Mm -hmm. at taking care of yourself and prioritizing your health can look so different based on what season of life you're in, what literal season it is and how busy everything is going. So I think like we all need to look at our toolbox of how we show up for ourselves. And that toolbox needs to be stacked and it needs to be stacked in like a variety of modalities. Of course, people think of like exercise and nutrition, but also like what fills your cup on a social level? Like, are you involved in your community? Are you sleeping well? Like what's your situation like there? Are there like lifestyle factors Mm -hmm. that are filling you up or draining you? Looking at your social calendar and asking yourselves, are the things I'm saying yes to giving me energy or am I surrounding myself with vampire like energy individuals. Like we all know those people that we see and we're like, oh, I'm so drained. I like can't do it anymore. And I think like if we looked at health in a more holistic fashion, instead of like just assuming that means eating healthy, quote unquote, whatever that means to you and like going to the gym, it would be easier to show up for ourselves because it could look different on any given day based on how busy you are. What are your favorite wellness and mindset mindfulness tools in your toolkit that you'd like to draw from when you need to distress or you just need to really take time to prioritize yourself? What are your go-tos? Oh, I love this question. And again, it changes so much based on where I'm at in my life. Now that I'm seven months pregnant, my toolbox looks very, very different. Like I've had to scale back and learn how to say no to a lot of things in my life. But by saying no to all those things, I'm actually saying yes to myself and I'm saying yes to the little man that's growing inside me. And I feel like that mindset shift has been so powerful and it's something I wanna take on post-pregnancy is like when I decide to say no to something, I'm actually saying yes to something else. And like that yes might be something even better that I couldn't have planned for. So just like remember that when you say no to something, it's not a definitive no, you're actually saying yes to something Mm -hmm. else and creating more space for whatever that might be. So I've had to really have a big mindset shift with that because I hate disappointing people and I hate saying no. And I'm also like, what if people forget about me? What if this opportunity doesn't come back? So I really have needed that big mindset shift. And right now, the things that fill me up and as far as like feeling whole as a human being are so simple. Sleep at seven months pregnant, Kaylin, I'm not sure. I'm sure you remember. It's really tough. And I have always struggled with sleep. can't breathe. Yeah, it's a lot. And like for a lot of people who struggle with anxiety, a lot of times your brain just ends up in these cycles and you ruminate. And sometimes it can be this like endless loop for hours and hours. And often it's like at nighttime before like a massive meeting or for me, like a big shoot and interview. And so sleep has always been something that I've struggled with. My sleep routine, my sleep hygiene, my sleep ritual, whatever you want to call it, it is a non-negotiable. So I love setting up my room in a way that's going to make it 
wonderfully exciting and cozy and comfortable to set myself up for success for sleep. Because if you haven't read Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, please make that your next like book. It is so incredible because as someone who had the hustle mentality for so long and who struggled with burnout for so long, I would always sacrifice sleep. I would stay up all night doing all night or studying yeah. for school. Mm-hmm. I would work when I was doing one-on-one coaching. That's when I would do everything. I would often sacrifice sleep because I felt like I needed to do everything else. And then I read this book and I was like, oh my gosh, sleep is so important. I need to really, really prioritize it. So for now, keeping the room very, very cold helps me so much. And there's so much research that supports it. Keeping it dark. I put a, it's it's super low budget, but I put like a yellow t-shirt over my nightlight, which is already quite dim, but adding an orange t-shirt gives your brain like it, it's like, I don't know, it's hacking your brain. It makes it feel like it's sunset. I put on white noise. I Hmm. only wear pajamas that feel comfy and soft against my skin. I make sure that my bed is made Hmm. every morning so that in the evening I can crawl in and it feels like such a wonderful gift to myself to set up my sleep situation. Because really, like, I don't like to look at my days as starting in the morning. I actually look at my days starting when I go to sleep. So, like, my day is determined Mm. by how I sleep. As soon as I crawl into bed and I put that white noise on and I open up a good book or whatever I'm feeling that evening, that's actually the beginning of my next day. And I get to decide how I show up for my next day every single night. So sleep is super, super Mm. important to me right now. As you see during like this <laughs> this chat, I keep this super obnoxiously large <laughs> water bottle. Like I'm all those TikToks. We've all got one. Of, like dudes that make fun <laughs> yeah. of girls with tumblers. Like I have become that girl because I used to be a caffeine addict. Um, thank you, pregnancy, for making me cut that addiction. It also has helped so much with my anxiety, like reducing the amount of caffeine. And mm-hmm. so now I'm a water girl. And then the more research I read about it, it like affects your mental health so much drinking water. It affects yeah. so many different systems in our bodies, like the way we metabolize sugar and our cravings and our emotional responses and our mental health, our skin, which is always nice when it looks great. And so water is something now that I make sure to have all the time. Make sure you have a water bottle that you really love to look at. What's the spout like? I'm a straw girl. Like I won't drink water if there's no straw. Me too. So figure out how to make it easy for yeah. yourself to do that. I'm still moving every single day. Um, Some days it's my goal of 10,000 steps. Again, I walk to work. I walk to a further grocery store if that's how it'll help me. I'm trying to like make it easy for me to hit my goal of 10,000 steps. Sometimes I hit the gym, but really as long as I hit my 10,000 steps and like that is a non-negotiable for me. I don't care how busy I am. I make it happen. Jillian, you mentioned earlier, like I'm I'm walking meeting. That is how I do it on days where I'm like, there's no way my schedule is too full. I don't have time to just go for a walk. So then I make sure that like, do I have errands to run? Maybe I will walk there. Do I have meetings where I can take them on the go? Maybe that's how I'll do it. Usually like when it comes to food, um, I'm like, I'm a sucker for an 80, 20 rule. I usually love wine and tequila and we have pizza nights on a weekly basis. My partner and I, I will never give up my wonderfully indulgent, delicious foods. And I'm okay with that. I used to really, really struggle with, I used to call them cheat meals back in the day. And now Mm -hmm. I've had to change that language. They're now treat meals. Like, why would I be cheating on myself? Like I'm showing up to like have dinner with girlfriends or go for brunch or celebrate with birthday cake or have pizza with my best friend. Like, why would that be a cheat? You're not doing anything morally wrong. Yeah. Like cheating is not cute. Like I don't want cheaters in my life. Why would I cheat on myself? (laughs) 
And so a simple like yeah, language so change has helped so much. So those are my treat meals. I look forward to them. I enjoy them. I savor them. Yeah. I don't feel bad about them because I actually schedule them in and they become a part of my week that I look forward to. And with those, it makes it so much easier to like show up and eat a more you know, maybe more nutritionally dense foods, you know, that I, I know are better for me, yeah. but those don't give me the dopamine hit that a pizza does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm so here for that. It's crazy how much the language we use, like impacts our mindset towards things, like even the way we talk to ourselves, but that aside, like to your point, calling them treat meals instead of cheat meals. That's something I also implemented because I had some disordered eating habits as well in university where like, the only healthy foods in my book were chicken breast and broccoli. And that was yep. it. And like, that's not <laughs> good. And even what you were saying about your 10,000 steps, like you're not pressuring yourself to get in a hit workout, which, you know, people tend to view as a actual form of exercise versus walking. But walking is so good for you, for your soul, for your mental health. Like, mm -hmm. And it's just as good as a 45 minute hit workout. Yeah. Also just like going to the walking thing, like walking right now feels good. I usually love HIIT workouts, but they don't feel good in my body anymore. And that was also like a good reminder of like, sometimes we do things because we're like, well, this is what I've always done. Like I have to work out. I have to go to this like class five times a week because that's what yeah. working out looks like. But I think like, imagine if we all did forms of movement that actually brought us joy. It doesn't always have to be in some yes. boutique gym or some big box gym. It can look different. Yeah. I think one of the biggest adulting shifts that I made in my health was that I stopped doing these like big hit workouts that I stopped enjoying them. Like I used to do L fitness like religiously. And then I just got to a point where I'm like, I actually, I'm not, I'm not liking it. Nothing against Elephant is, it's fucking great, but it just wasn't my jam anymore. And I was trying to figure it. Then I start, I got into Legree and I still love doing Pilates. That feels really great to me. And I tried to, like, I did yoga and I'm like, yeah, like, this is nice, but it, I'm not like, woo, let's go to yoga. And then I found Spin and I think it replaced like the raver girl that I was missing from my yes, youth. And Jillian. I was like, I just want to go dancing and go to a rave and no one wants to do it anymore. And so now my Saturday mornings are like in a dark room where we lose our shit to great music and sweat. And I feel so good after. For most of my life, I never knew I could love working out. It's no longer a chore and it's not a yeah. punishment. And shifting away from that like punishment attitude of like, oh, I like had an indulgent weekend. So now I have to go do something that I hate that's fucked up. Like we should enjoy our lives and, and integrate health and fitness in ways that make us feel good and not bad or guilty. Mm -hmm. If you actually want to go to a rave gel, I will arrange babysitter <laughs> and I will go because I miss those EDM days too. I I'm sure Chloe. Oh yeah. 100% oh my God, Chloe, please come. Yes. I feel like you'd be so fun I used to, to go into like bloody beetroots. Like give me some hardcore dubstep. Yes. Oh my yum, any day. God. My very first job at a university was working at Inc. Entertainment for like the Gov and doing like all of the nightclubs in Toronto. And I was the music writer and the social media person for them. And every single weekend, like two nights a week, I'd be basically at a rave, but like work working. And it was so fun. And then now I can't even get anyone to like go to a restaurant. <laughs> I miss my youth. That's because we're old now. I know. I know. It's so sad. It's so sad. Oh. All right. Well, 2024, watch this space, everyone. These girlies are all going to yes. rave. I wanted to also yeah. touch back on time because all of 
all of those like tools in your toolkit sound amazing. And I, I think that even though I agree with you calling bullshit on people's struggles to make time for these things, there's still guilt sometimes. And I think especially for moms too, that guilt is like, I'm not a mom, and I, but I see it in the moms around me. The, the time pressure and the guilt to take time for yourself and then also the productivity guilt that we experience can be all consuming. And so for for career people, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, all of those ambitious people listening, how can we break free from that idea that every single hour of the day needs to be productive and also reframe what I, what our idea of productivity needs to mean? Yeah, I mean, it's so good. I remember like I went through a phase when I was studying to be a health coach and I was like, every hour has to be productive. It was like in the height of the pandemic. And I was like, I have to be productive. Like I'm never going to get this much time again in my life. Yeah. And I was like going for walks and listening to like podcasts about how to be a better person. And I would come home and I would do school and then I read books and then I'd be launching my coaching program at night. And I was like very productive, but I think I was also very unhappy. Yeah. Um, and I was just going yeah. through the motions because obviously we were going through like a global pandemic. And so instead of like facing the music, I was just filling my time with stuff and feeling productive so that I could feel proud of myself and like, you know, feel like I was still focusing on the future. So productivity guilt is such a big thing. And I can't even imagine like what it's going to be like when I have a little one. Having time out to relax, having time out to fill your cup, having time away from work to see your friends. I mean, that is productive. Productivity doesn't just have to mean making your career dreams come true. It could be Mm -hmm. seeing the people in your life that you absolutely love. Like that is incredibly productive and unwinding and just kind of like being mind numb in front of the TV for an episode. And that to me is like a productive thing to do because I actually need it to unwind from my day. And so I think if we look at things in a little bit different and we look at like what productivity is, like what is productivity? It's like doing an activity that will propel us forward. But are we as good propelling ourselves forward when it comes to filling our social cup, our relaxation cup, our fun cup, like going to raves? Like we need to be focused on productivity in a more holistic manner and not just use that language when it comes to our careers. And when it comes to looking at what actually is productive, my gosh, it is so easy to do like something half-assed all day and be like, what exactly did I do today? And I hate having those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate having those days because I'm like, I thought I was being focused all day, but I've actually done fuck all. And now I'm yeah. now I'm like annoyed at myself and I feel like I've wasted. Yeah. And it's because I wasn't really like in the moment. I wasn't really like connected to what I was doing. Yeah. I wasn't focused on my why. And so I think if you want to know what productivity means to you, like when the activity is done, like, do you think it was worth it? And give yourself like structure. I'm all about structure. I don't like rules, but the only way I can be productive is like I live and die by my calendar. And I think I'm managed to figure out how to be really productive for myself because I also block out those relaxation blocks or those movement blocks or those like I just put them free blocks sometimes and then I can decide what, how I want to use them. And that way, like my productivity is more condensed. So I have like pockets of time where maybe I'll prep mm-hmm. for big Love interviews that. or I'll prep for the show. And then in around those blocks, maybe there's like a 15 minute like fresh air block or a, I don't know, watch an episode of Lost Block because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm just working all the time, but I'm not actually being productive. Whereas if I know I have these right. like constraints with my time and obviously they're very loose it forces me to show up and like 
when I'm working, I'm working because like, I can't wait to take a break. And then I'm like, and then by the time my break's done, I can't wait to go back to work. Oh, that's such a good hack. I feel like it so much comes down to intentionality because when you're like super intentional about I'm going to take this hour to listen to this podcast or watch this show or like literally just lay on the ground and like <laughs> decompress yeah. if that's what you need. It's like planning it and giving yourself permission to doing it, to do it and being intentional about it allows you to be super present and then it is productive. As an entrepreneur, a host, Healthy is Hot has grown into a whole community with your podcast, your app and all the things that you're doing. How have you put up healthy boundaries with all your business ventures to be more successful and productive? I had to learn the hard way. I had absolutely no boundaries. This was before okay. I blocked out my calendar. Obviously, blocking out my calendar is a form of me putting up boundaries, even from myself sometimes. At one point, I had no boundaries. And again, it was from stemming from like scarcity mindset, where I just wanted to do everything yeah. all at once. And I wanted to make everyone happy around me, whether it was, you know, at eTalk, showing up for the show or for the app or for the community, or trying to have my partner and my family. And it was just, it was a lot. And I was, again, saying hello yeah. to burnout. And I realized I have zero boundaries. And I was kind of showing up as a shitty version of myself in every regard. And like you mentioned, like often our partners get like the shittiest versions of us because, you know, they yeah. love us and they can take it. And I had to really, yeah. <laughs> really, really step back and be like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I had to just decide work has to fall during work hours. And that looks different mm. for everybody. Um, but I really try to make sure that when I'm working, I'm working. And when I decide that I've like clocked out for the day, whether it's my personal side hustles or it's my more traditional corporate job, I really try not to work outside of those hours. Of course, there are extenuating mm -hmm. circumstances, but like on a day-to-day -day basis, when I'm home with my partner or I'm with my girlfriends or I'm by myself, I'm not working. And it's forced me to be more productive in those work hours that I've set for myself. And I feel like because I've set those better boundaries with my work hours, it's actually made it so much more enjoyable. And I have life again. Like I kind of forgot what it was like yeah. to have a life and to come home some days and be like, yeah. hmm, maybe I'll just go for a walk today. Or maybe I'll like walk to that new grocery store and, and make dinner. Like what? I have time to cook? Of course, I've always had time to cook. I just never made it. I just never gave myself the space or time to be able to even like go up and play in my kitchen. And again, like setting those boundaries up with my colleagues. So I used to be that girl that would be on email all night, like with producers getting ready for the next day. And I had to tell them, I had to advocate for myself, say it out loud, write it in an email, not keep it to myself, set expectations in a very realistic format and say, Hey guys, when I'm not here, I'm not here. If it's an emergency, shoot me a text. Obviously, I'm a team player. People are usually very respectful when you're like, hey, this is kind of my capacity of how, how I can communicate. This is how I like to communicate as well is a super big one for yeah. anyone who's an entrepreneur and works. I love when people text me. Some people don't. That's overwhelming. They don't want to be part of group chats. They don't want to be texted when there are things that come up within their business. They're, maybe you're someone who's like more Slack or more email, but figure out your preferred mm -hmm. style of communication and set those boundaries up as well, whether it's with vendors or your employees or your collaborators, whoever is in your circle. Make sure that the communication style is one that is within kind of like your desired format. I love that advice. I am so curious 
just generally, what are your hours for ETOP? They must be at night. Like, how, like, are you kind of like working backwards? I know. Can you tell them? I'm shooting this from my bedroom and it's only like 4.20 PM. We're on hiatus right now, which is why I was able to film this oh. with you guys. Um, okay. schedule <laughs> for ETOP is actually much more traditional than people might realize. Uh, oh. A traditional day for in-studio I am prepping for our morning meeting at 8.30 in the morning. At 9 a.m., we have our pitch meeting, which is where we all come together, discuss, brainstorm, collaborate on what the show will entail that day. And then we do interviews and stuff throughout the day. We shoot the show early to late afternoon, and then it goes to air at 7 p.m. So usually that's like a very traditional day and way more corporate than people would realize. But we, we film on weekends, we film in the evenings. But if we have a more traditional day, it actually falls like during pretty normal work hours. The last question that we always love to ask our guests is what's one thing that you wish you had been taught in school? Taxes. Oh my gosh. And as someone who is like, yes, I have a full-time corporate job. So those taxes are not so hard. But as someone who also has a corporation, oh my gosh, I have been doing this for so many years. And every single year, my accountant will say things to me like accounts receivable and, and other language. And I am a smart, capable individual. Like I know that about myself, but that is one thing where every year I am incredibly humbled. My ego takes a big hit (laughs) and I have to Google a lot of terms. Oh yeah. It is tax time. I'm in a panic. Like I am unwell. I'm unwell probably starting six months before and then probably six months after because I believe I'm going to get arrested any given moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, They're coming for you. (laughs) You know, we are all just trying to be better humans every year, guys. We 100% are. That is truly what we are doing on this show. And it's what you have done. Truly, it's what you've done with your community, with your app and your podcast. It's so amazing how you're helping people. So thank you for everything that you do and for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. And we would love you to share with all of our listeners where they can follow you, tell everyone more about the app and how they can engage with your amazing resources on the app, podcast, Pimp yourself out. Oh my gosh. This is my least favorite part about anything, by the way, guys, but I love you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, just come hang out, guys. It's the Chloe Wild online or Healthy is Hot. Check out the app if you want. Literally, it's free for a month. There's all kinds of incredible resources on how you can level up your health to level up your life, whether it's in a more health coaching perspective or a life coaching perspective. There's really like something for everyone. I just want people to show up for themselves. Like, I want people to understand the magic and power that exists within every single one of us, but we so often forget about it. And it's because we put ourselves last. And I'm not saying you have to put yourself first always, but like maybe put yourself first for a hot second every single day and just see how it feels. Thank you so much, Chloe. This chat was amazing. Something we needed to hear, a good reminder of putting ourselves first. And I hope you carry this through when you welcome your little one into the world. Show him what self-love looks like and you're going to walk the walk. So that's great. Oh my gosh. Kaylin and Jillian, you guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much. You're both so incredible. I love like the vibe, the energy. I feel like I even learned how to adult a little bit today. So thank you so much for having me. We really hope this episode helps you find ways to incorporate more balance, to prioritize yourself, and even to just unlearn some of those productivity guilt narratives that we're all carrying around and choose which modalities work well for you, for your self-care practices. We'll leave you with a quote from the OG mindfulness, Buddhist monk, peace activist, poet, and author Thich Nhat Hanh. Many of us have been running all our lives. Practice stopping. That's what he said. 
So there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard today, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. And we'd love it if you would share this with your friends by screenshotting the episode and sharing it on social by tagging at Teach Me How to Adult Podcast and DM us with any topics or guests you'd like to hear on the show. See you next time. Bye. Bye.